It's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than to open it and leave no doubt. You know, I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. What a beautiful woman. Wow. He's, AJ's doing Whoa. some things right down So if you're a youngster in Alabama, start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard with Pop. Welcome to the podcast. Meet a uh, new co-host here, um, Drew Garrett and Tom Beard. Oh. Uh, what's up? Yeah. New college football podcast. In light of recent news, I know uh, a lot of our, our listeners are probably aware of this. Um, the Tennessee Volunteers are now, um, you know, in a big time uh, heap of trouble. They have a lot of level one um, accusations. Story about them buying McDonald's uh, bags worth of cash um, for the recruits. Uh, this time, it seems like it's a lot of breakfast foods. Um, so that raises a question that we're going to present here that is, um, as a head coach, if you were given $1 million to recruit, um, to do whatever you want, you can cheat, um, you know, you can steal, um, you can, you can do whatever you want. Uh, what are you buying or what are you doing to get these recruits? Um, well, my first thought of it was not the cheating route. Um, I, I personally, I wouldn't put bags of money in McDonald's bags, but, um, I, I said, you know, I, I think getting like a lake or beach house would be, would be kind of awesome. I mean, if you're a recruit, you get all those guys, all the other recruits together, come to the beach or lake house. I mean, that's just a good time with the boys, you know? Okay. I like, I like that answer. Actually, that's something I wouldn't have thought, uh, thought about. So uh, I think I would send the parents of the recruits money, you know, be a family man, reach out to the recruits through family. I feel like people would enjoy that. Big yeah. SMU route right there. Yeah. I went uh I went a little bit crazier. I, I was gonna say hookers. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, man. I like I know a lot of people talk about Rick Patino and the hookers and the and the strippers and all that. Here's one here's the one thing about Rick Patino. Uh it, the guy was not losing, right? <laughs> he had good teams. Um, so I think that the hookers really get the good recruits. What they they breed a certain type of excellence in the team. And I'm not telling breed is probably the wrong word, probably the wrong word. Uh, but I'm, I'm just looking out for, for the top recruits, man. It seems like that that's kind of what they're into and, you know, to each their own. Uh, so if I had a million dollars first, I think I'm going to hookers and I put a question mark next to it so I could keep my morals intact a little bit. Um, so my question with that is, are yeah. you getting a hooker per recruit or are you having like team hookers right. for everyone? You know, blue mountain state, like the cougar, that just fucked oh, yeah. all the, all of the uh, players and stuff. Like, are you getting like a group of hookers, or are you getting each individual recruit hooker? Because I'd feel personally more intrigued if I got my own personal hooker. You know. Uh, first of all, Tom, I'm glad. I'm really ecstatic that we brought up Blue Mountain State in the first episode here. That that reference really gets me going. But I feel like that's kind of where the college football landscape is headed to. I, I honestly, just, the more and more you're you're talking. 
is Blue Mountain State the next Alabama, right? Are they the next? Are they the next Ohio State? Are they the next big? Thing? They already proved it worked. Right. They've, They've already, already this new NIL transfer portal era. Blue Mountain State's already been adjusted to that kind of thing, right? Yeah. The new era of college football might be Blue Mountain State. Now, I, what to answer your question though? Uh, I, I think I don't think you know. I don't. I don't have a preference on the hookers. I think it's just like I don't know enough about the industry yet. That's um, fair. That's fair. right. We'd have to call some coaches, get you know, get in there and and, and more in depth, uh, you know, experience in that in that realm. Uh, yeah. You guys got any other answers though on this? Um, I mean, kind of going with your hooker thing. I feel like, I mean, especially like like if you're the Houston Cougars, you're a hundred percent giving them day passes and like night passes to the strip clubs. Right. Yeah. I mean, James Harden made a living there. We saw how he was playing in Houston. Right? Houston could be a dynasty if that's the case. Yeah. If we're, if we're shipping out millions of dollars, we could really turn a, turn a new face in that, in that program. Yeah. My question is when you got names in college football, like general booty, why not just give him an NIO deal with a strip club? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, well, um, I, I did think it was interesting on what Tennessee spent their money on. They, they chose a lot of brunch and breakfast foods for these recruits on their visits. So, uh, I don't know, if, if you're buying a, a certain meal or a certain restaurant, what, what, what do you think is going to get you to sign if you're a recruit? Take dinner. You got you to gotta, you gotta go the fanciest possible. I mean, there's a reason Tennessee has been bad it, because they were giving the bags at McDonald's, you know, like, yeah, you're not really you're not trying too hard there to really really satisfy all the players needs yeah well that's the that's the thing i mean if you're gonna have 18 level one violations dude let's not let's not do it at, at mcdonald's right let's go let's go somewhere nicer you gotta think back in like the 80s i mean barry switzer was handing out cars to families like like it was his job but i mean mcdonald's come on job. yeah that was that was his job we're going to get into some actual football talk here uh the upcoming season uh you know it it is talking season right now i think a lot of college coaches call it talking season media days are around um it's not really football season it's talking season right now um so you know who's a team that you're already tired of, of hearing about uh texas did the same thing every year they're all talk they come into the season they play the hardest opponent they play it real close and then after that, they lose about six games in a row, lose to Kansas. I mean, it's a repeating cycle. I feel like that's the most obvious answer. Every every offseason that that Texas is they, they whatever they're feeding the population is a strong drug because it it's comes. The, back it's the most obvious. It's the most obvious answer because uh, they continually do it every year. I said, I have two. Right. Um, I went NC State. Why the hell is NC State even getting talked about right now? I get it, definitely. Okay. Devin Leary is awesome. I get it, but come on, they were nine and three in the ACC last year. Like, let's be honest here: the ACC is probably the worst conference in football besides Clemson. Mm, I, I I would say Pac-12, but I do think that the ACC the ACC has a bunch of like minutia. They have a bunch of irrelevant teams. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. Have, they got like twelve Kansas. Like Florida State and Miami are going to get good at some point. You think? You think they haven't? I mean, I think Miami's going to be good with Cristobal. I mean, that guy, he he recruits, man. He just all Jake, all he how do you feel about the uh, $9 million contract with that one? I, 
I just, I don't even know. What, I mean, watch that guy come. What if he's bad? That's that's what I'm saying. And then, but and think if he loses the quarterback battle, those boosters are going to be pissed. Oh well, there's no chance that he does. I mean, it's like the NFL at that point. And then you, you, Trevor Lawrence was not going to be the backup to Gardner Minshew, right? He's number one. Yeah. yeah, that is fair. Let's talk more about MC, NC State. So you're already tired of hearing about NC State. Um, I'm just a, looking at season last year. They were decent, I will say. But I mean, I'm looking at all the stats right now, and I mean, it's really Devin Leary, and that's it. Devin Leary is probably going to be an NFL quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I just I don't see it coming together. I mean, we've had years of NC State being okay, and it's always because they have a good quarterback. It's always only the good quarterback. I don't know Philip Rivers. I mean, Come on. Exactly. Yeah, they always have solid. They don't have an over thousand yard receiver. Like I like I like I, a couple of their receivers. I think uh, it's a, a Mecca. I want to say a Mecca some Emezi or something like that. Yeah, I'm He's looking good. at it right now. Yeah, he, he went. He had 60 catches for 800 yards and six tutties. I mean, he's a good player, but I, I just don't. I don't know. It's NC State, man. They have a little he's white a guy in the slot too. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's good too. He's a he's an avid TikToker. The other thing is though, Tom. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule, man. Their schedule is like, I mean, it. I, I don't want to say that other than Clemson, it's like super easy. But man, I mean, they've got North Carolina, Louisville, Boston College, Wake. Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Florida State, Clemson, UConn, Charleston, Southern, East Carolina, and then they have Texas Tech. You mentioned a team there. That's, that a, that's I, gonna be 10 wins. I mean, that's like 10 wins, I feel like. I'm telling you, I think Wake gets out of ACC this year. They Well, they they dang near did last year. I mean, they played. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think I think Sam Hartman – is it Sam Hartman, the quarterback there? Yeah. yeah. He's on QB1. Yeah, yeah that, guy's a, that guy's a dog. Absolute dog. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to your next team. You're already tired of hearing about uh, USC. I think for obvious reasons. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Obvious do you, reasons. Do you want to um, speak on USC? I hope that they lose every single game. I hope they get blown out by Rice. You know, just the basics. If Rice <laughs> University blows out USC, yeah. I hope their coach uh, falls off a cliff and dies. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Um, I, I hope, I hope metaphorically, is, metaphorically, yeah, metaphorically, not, not really, not really, just every inconvenience, just slight inconvenience that can happen. I hope he steps okay. on leg goes every when he waits out of bed. Lots like of that. paper cuts. Yeah. Does yeah. Rice play USC in Rice or oh, I doubt that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, what's funny is actually when I was a little kid, I don't know why, yeah, but like, one of my friends had a, had a Rice shirt. I thought it was Harold. Was it, was it Harold? They had the coolest Rice shirt. And I always oh. thought that rice was a lot better than they really were because I thought, oh, if my friend's wearing a rice shirt, they've got to be pretty good. So I'll I tell you what, rice is like, I thought rice was like a top tier program. I didn't know how <laughs> they're not, obviously. If, if rice beats USC this year, I think I will be a lifelong rice fan. An owl. And I will be an owl for the rest of my life. I might transfer there. I will I'm be cool. honest. I'm, it's tough, tough school to get just straight up and transfer to. Yeah, I'll do it. School. I will do it. They play Rice and Stanford back to back. That's got to be the best academic like combination of FBS schools. And like, my goodness. So Stanford, we got we got Pat Fields. Hopefully, he has a pitch hits to end the game against USC. Yeah, pitch up Caleb Williams, hits it right in his face. <laughs> oh, that would be that dream would be a good scenario. time. The dream scenario. Oh yeah. All right. So okay. So my the two teams I chose. I actually have two as well. Um, and I think it's pretty easy. I mean. Here's the thing. 
the entire state of Texas, um, it, let's just call it what it is. They revolve around Texas and Texas A&M. The other programs are very strong. They are. They're, they're like, I think Baylor's better than both the, the Texas programs right now. Um, I think TCU at times has been better than both of them um, the last decade. But like the amount of fans and alumni that Texas and Texas A&M have, you're bound to hear about one of their teams in the, in the offseason, every, every offseason. So I have Texas A&M. I hate hearing about them. I, I genuinely, I just don't like them as a program. Um, they're one of the new, like new um, uh, teams that's going to like really benefit from NIL and the transfer portal just because they, they have such a large alumni base and so much money. But here's the deal. I don't care. I, I don't think they're good. Uh, they're, they, they have played this whole, oh, we beat Alabama thing to the, like, the maximum. Like, dude, I don't care. Like, it's a good win. You still went eight and four. Um, you, you, you still faked COVID so you didn't have to play Wake Forest in the bowl game. Let's not forget that. Um, like, it, it's, it's, just, it's a program that perpetually underachieves. They do more, less with more, more than, better than anybody except Texas. Um, so that, that whole thing... Like, I just I hate hearing about them. I don't think they're going to be as good as everybody says. And then they have the number one recruiting class, Jimbo. You paid them all. You paid them all. Let's just call it what it is, bud. Let's just call it what it is. No one wants to willingly, like, go to College Station. None of that number of, like, high recruits want to go to College Station. So I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on, on Texas A&M this year. Here's one of my hot takes with A&M. Um, this recruiting class that everyone is just creaming themselves about, they will never go to the college playoffs ever though. None of those players will ever see the college football playoffs unless it's expanded. Okay. Here's a good question. Then is it a hotter take to say that they will make the playoffs or won't? Cause Texas A&M has, say, I think they, say say they won't, I guess, I guess a hotter take to say they will make it. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I just, everyone in the media is, is just hyping it up, hyping up Jimbo. Granted, Jimbo's a good coach. He beat Alabama, and I will say Nick Saban was due to lose to one of his coordinators at some point. It yeah. was due. It was He was, what, like 48-0? Something crazy like that? Like, it was due to happen. Kirby also I mean, beat the same year as Nick as Nick lost his fastball. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But I just I – don't, I don't see A&M, especially whenever OU in Texas gets there, I think – a&M is going to go back to Big 12 A&M. I, I just – I think it is. Yeah, I mean, but the, the thing is, to be quite honest, they have had more hype and more, like, national publicity when they've been in the SEC, in my opinion, just because they've been away from Texas. Um, but, I mean, their, like, record has been similar to what they were in. I mean, it's been even better, I would say, than they were in the Big 12. Like when I probably – I haven't even – Seven and five, eight and four. But I just a, think once Texas gets to the SEC, it immediately makes AM irrelevant. Um, and then we're going to get on to another irrelevant team with my second one that I'm tired of hearing about. And I'm throwing, I'm throwing some shots out here. I'm tired of hearing about Kansas State. I don't care. And I don't have any other points. I just don't care. I, I don't care. You got a little midget running back. I guess I'm talking again. They got a midget running back. And everybody, he's the talk of the town. He's the talk of the town. They weren't even really that good with him. So, like, why are we talking about Kansas State? Let's stop. Let's just stop talking you about You don't him. think Adrian Martinez is going to get it through? I actually like Adrian Martinez. I like the move to Kansas State. I just don't think he's very good, and I don't think Kansas State's very good. So, Doesn't K-State have the most uh, Big 12 first-teamers? First so they have like six of them? Yeah, what a joke that is. Preseason, yeah, exactly. six guys on there. We got Kansas State. Would you think they have more or less losses than they got have guys on the preseason all Big 12? So six losses. 
Oh man, that's. I bet they dropped four games. I think yeah. Uh, They're going seven and eight, six. Eight and four, seven and four. Yeah, and four. I I think they lose to OU, OSU, Baylor, and Texas. I mean, here, here's my hot take. Lost last year, so here's my hot they also take. play Missouri this year, so that'd be tough. That is a tough one. Kansas State ends the season on a victory over Texas A&M in a bowl game. It's just going to happen. <laughs> That's right. happened before. It happened fairly recently, yep. I believe. Yeah. That's that would make my day, I will probably, say. Probably the, the good old Texas Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you all remember, but I, I did say I am going to be the A&M hater. I just despise everything. Yeah, the 12th man, okay, cool. Whenever you had COVID, should have brought your fucking 12th man in. Where was he? Right. Well, the 12th man was not ready to play the Demon Deacon. No, no, no. It was a falsehood. They did not want to see Sam Hartman out there. No. Everyone about that. We had to see Wake Forest beat the shit out of Rutgers because Texas A&M just had, they had COVID with parentheses. They did not have COVID. Anyways, that, that's just my rant for the day. UCLA did the same thing, didn't they? Yeah. Against uh, NC State this year, like the day before the game. I mean, that's another t- stop. I mean, NC State has just been porked by the COVID and NCAA. Oh. The, their baseball team. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Good Lord. All right. Some honorable mentions. I feel like last year, last offseason, it was Iowa State. I was just exhausted from hearing about them. Look, look at them. Oh, yeah. And, they, and it proved they were just – they had literally the same team as the year before and were still not good. It made no sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, they had a tough – they ended up having a pretty tough schedule because they ended up playing Clemson and they had Iowa – better than i think people thought but yeah still but didn't they like the year before didn't they go into the preseason ranked in the top 10 or something crazy i don't they were around there at least that was the covid year they won the fiesta bowl so i mean they did that was one of their best seasons ever yeah but this season was obviously a they they weren't as good as they should have been but matt campbell's a fraud kind of i'm starting to agree with you uh but yeah teams i'm tired of hearing about probably probably i'm kind of tired of hearing about usc already but that's just – I mean, I think we talked about that. Michigan State covers them all. But oh, yeah. No, hey, don't hate coming. on East Lansing, man. Hey, hey Tuck's coming. Tuck's coming. Tuck's coming, man. He, that is the worst. All I right. They, hey, they, they have every right to it at this point. He's, he's got a peach bowl under his, under, his, under his belt. All right. So we're going to move on now to from the, the, from the team we're tired of hearing about already to the team that we think maybe you should be talking about more, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not that maybe they've been publicized, but you're still trying to jump on this bandwagon. You want to be, uh, with the fan base in the stands, giving them the pom-pom wave. And you, this is your team this year, uh, for your, for your bandwagon. Well, growing up, my second favorite team has always been Clemson. So I'm gonna go with Clemson. They had, they came off an off year. They got DJ Uyungle returning again. I think he'll have a much better year than he had the next year. And you just can't count out Clemson, especially in a week ACC. It's basically them, Wake Forest, and NC State, and you can't tell me Clemson's not the best team in that in that conference. So I'm going up on Clemson. It's a really interesting pick. I like that pick. I, I mean, it's hard to deny Clemson's obviously their like last ten year run, decade run. Um, they've got a lot more talent than the teams you listed. Uh, yeah, what, so what do you think their ceiling is, Andrew? I mean, college football playoff, just like always. But it'll be hard to see since they lost Brent. Uh, who did they replace him with? Who? Uh, Clemson. Who did they replace Brent Venables with? Oh, I don't know. They they um, both they lost uh, their offense coordinator too to Virgin Virginia. I want to say. Yeah. Uh, OU OU gutted a lot of their staff because we got Todd Bates as well. So I mean, it'll be it might be another it'll be an iffy year for them, but we'll see how they can do. So you you feel strongly about DJ or you? 
we'll think see. he has a much more talent than people realize because he was a five-star. I think that last year was the first time he's ever really been doubted in his career because came up in high school as a five-star, dominated everybody, and then he just came in struggled, and then he got all this hate, and just, I think he just needed to needed to realize that he's still that guy. So that's my take. Okay, so you listen to you listen to the whole the whole Davos the you believe in what Davos uh, selling you? I love Davos. Uh, okay, He's a great guy, man. That's an so interesting pick. Guy. That's an interesting pick. I like it actually. So uh, my bandwagon team this year is the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, I don't even really know if they're going to be good. I don't really believe in them. I don't really know. I just like them. Um, I like Hendon Hooker. I've got really no belief in their consistency. I think they're probably going to have some really bad games and maybe a really good game here and there. Um, I, I like them to win at least eight though. I'll go eight. And then uh, my second bandwagon team is UCLA. Uh, I think bringing back Dorian Thompson Robinson again, uh, it seems like he's been there for a long, long time. His eighth year of college football. That's right. It's been there a long time. Uh, Zach Charbonnet also good back. I just think that they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year and they weren't bad last year. So just continuing to get to kind of build off that. Um, I'll, t- I'll take also some. add on to that saying now USC is like everyone's talking the to town about USC. Exactly. If you're a UCLA player, you got to be pissed. Or, or you're just kind of, you know, you're that, you're that lone wolf kind of working in the dark, you know, maybe, maybe they're the dark horse team in the Pac 12. I, I actually kind of like, I would like to see what the odds are for them to win the Pac 12 because that might be a bet. Now, the only thing that, that worries me is there's going to be a home game in the, in the darker, you know, part of november where you're when you need uh you need some energy and the, and they just don't have the atmosphere of fans to do that right now so that would yeah. worry me you get a home game against washington state late in november you know it's kind of dreary weather players don't really want to you know they're not pumped rainy. to be there that's you know what i'm saying you to be a really good team you have to have you know that the fans and the atmosphere to kind of pump you up for that one and i don't know if they have that right now all right so i i've been looking at this team all day and i'm going with the mormons byu cougars come on so sharon hall is a beast the guy's a beast absolute beast zach wilson went there we all heard what happened to zach wilson i mean the guy's an animal jaron hall is going to be the exact same way come off a year through 2500 yards 20 touchdowns five interceptions that's a great ratio that's all I'm saying. Uh, rushing, they have a guy named Tyler Algier, I think his uh, name is. Algier, yeah. Algier. He's good. He's yeah. 1,600 yards with 23 tutties. He is a going to be a junior. I mean, that guy's going to be a beast this year. We know the Mormons. They'll, they'll pump out some big offensive linemen that love the Mormon faith. They love it. So That's I will also thing. say – they beat Utah last year. Utah is going to be ranked in the top five at the beginning of the year. Um, they, they, I really do believe they. I think they'll put Utah up there. Um, they, they love Utah. They love using Utah. They love them absolutely. They weird. love them. A weird obsession. So you, you guys they, realize that Utah lost to San Diego State last year. <laughs> I do, like, was it the bowl game or just like in the Rose? Uh, they get a non. They lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, so it was a non-con. But like, I don't know. It's just like. We kind of overrate Utah a little bit because they went 11 and three. I mean, and they have a that's pretty fine. stadium. And that's fine. That's a good, I mean, it's a very respectable record and a great, they were a good, good team last year, right? I, just, I mean, I don't know. 
So my only issue with BYU is they got a tough schedule, but if they can get through it, I think you could easily say they could go undefeated. They play they Utah, the like hardest, I said. They have the hardest schedule, I think, in the country. Absolutely. They play Utah, Baylor, Boise State, Oregon, and Arkansas. Don't if they, they beat Notre all those teams. They play Notre Dame, too. They, they probably do. So if they beat all those teams and they can drop one or two of them, they will be within the top 15 for sure. Yeah. Put your money on on the Cougars this year because the Mormons are coming in hot. I like I like them as a team, but their schedule is ridiculous. So they play oh, Baylor, Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Boise State, and Stanford. I don't know. Stanford's not great. the The rest of their schedule is not bad at all. Um, but like Baylor and Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Boise is pretty pretty difficult. It's a tough one, but that's what I'm saying. If they could get through, if they could drop two of those games and get through the rest, I'd say that'd be a pretty darn good team going into the bowl season. Yeah, I think they might have the most interesting schedule in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And it's just like because I feel like all of, all the teams on there, I would exclude Notre Dame. They're probably going to lose to Notre Dame, no doubt. But I think they could honestly beat every other team on there. I don't know how much confidence I have in Baylor this year. I think they'll still be good, but um, Utah, like you said, San Diego state's a question mark, Boise state, who the hell knows? Yeah. Oregon, Oregon's going to be pretty good with Dan Lanning, but I mean, right away, who knows? And Arkansas, I mean, Arkansas is a pretty darn good team. Bumper pool is a dog. Is he still there? Still still I'm pretty sure he is. Let's see. Um, but I just I, – I think the Cougars should do it this year. I really do. If they could get through the, that hard schedule, man, they're, they're – if they beat every team – I mean, obviously, if they beat every team. But if they, like – if they get through playoffs. that schedule, they will be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, certainly. That's that's the thing is they played the – I think it was COVID season. They – remember they scheduled, like, Coastal Carolina, like, on, a, on like, a week? Like, they didn't have a game. Like, that schedule they played that year was ridiculously easy. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were pretty close to undefeated. They were, they only lost one game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they weren't going to be close to sniffing the playoffs that year. Cause their schedule is so easy. I mean, if they do it this year, shoot, there's, there's no reason to keep them out. All right. We're doing, uh, the tiers of college football cities. Um, I guess it's just college cities. Um, but we're going to do the big 10 conference this time. Oh, there's one great <laughs> Northwestern. Northwestern. <laughs> Chicago. I did in I did in my notes write Northwestern above everyone else. I will say that. Well, here's the thing: Northwestern is technically in Evanston. Yeah, I have Northwestern on my list as well. I'll put Iowa. They're mid tier. They're mid tier. So they're back. They, they got a better yeah. culture than I expected. I'll be honest. Yeah, um, I agree. I've heard good things about Madison, Wisconsin, so I got to put them up there. But I think my number one, if I were to go to school anywhere in the Big Ten, it would probably be it probably be Penn State. Happy oh, Valley. Love that pick. Well, the whiteout. Yeah. You know, singing Sweet Caroline. That's all you need. I've never been to Columbus. Can't really rate them. But, yeah, I'd put Penn State at the top, Northwestern, uh, just one tier below Penn State. You can't convince me anything in Ohio is good. So, it's gotta put, <laughs> I got to put Columbus. <laughs> Fair you enough. can't convince me anything. There's nothing in Ohio. That's a good point. Well, I mean, maybe there is. I don't know. I've never really been there, so. Yeah. have you ever been to ohio no <laughs> oh that's good oh man all right i have i have mine all written out all right go ahead 
so for my ugly list, I'll go, actually, I have one even below ugly. I don't even know. I know Rutgers is in Indiana, right? It's in New York, right? It's in New oh, Jersey. It's in New York. It's in New Jersey. Oh, well. <laughs> or New Jersey. Okay, even, even worse that it's in New Jersey. Here's Rutgers at the very bottom. They're below ugly. No, who the hell wants to go to New Jersey? My family lives in New Jersey. No shot. Jersey Shore, no. So yeah. Rutgers is in a distinct shit tier. I put Indiana. No one wants to live in Indiana. Sorry. I've actually heard good things about Bloomington. I've heard it's nice. They it's have a basketball court, and that's it. Sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah, about, about, uh, yeah. I've heard the bar scene and the and the basketball there makes up for you know it's 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 bad stuff. That's yeah. fair, but I also have Maryland and Illinois there. I, you just never hear about them. I'm sorry. Kind of like, yeah, it's a sneaky sneaky bad campus is Illinois. Sneaky yeah. bad campus also kind of Maryland. I've never really you know nobody's like oh we got to go to Maryland. No one says. I've never heard anybody say anything about oh have to go to Illinois, have to go to Maryland. No, it's like they're just kind of there. Yeah. 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 That's like half for of my, yeah. for my bad list. I will say I did put an Indiana school in there, even though I was talking crap on it. I do have Purdue. I okay. mean, it's the Boilermakers, man. Imagine being at a home game beating Ohio State. It's just, what else do you want? Um, and I also have Iowa in the bad, Minnesota. It's too cold, sorry. And Wisconsin. What's going on in Wisconsin other than it being cold and there's some cheese there? I mean, let's I be think- real. I think most people think Madison's in the good tier. So that's yeah, I've really heard, I've heard good. Things I just about don't really Madison. know anything about it. So I, I just did I just have my three distinct tiers that I have. I picked Northwestern to be in the the mid tier. Um, just because listen, here's the deal. I love Chicago as a city, but I was rating this on how I would uh, if I was like a dog, basically, where I would want to go to college most likely. And I just feel like being in that like tight environment in Evanston, like it's just not really like it wouldn't be me. Now, Madison, on the other hand, I've been to Madison before. Madison is pretty spread out. There's a river there. Now it does get real cold. So that would be a downside as, as, as a dog. But I'm thinking I'm probably, you know, I got a nice fur coat. Um, so, but I did think Madison is pretty cool. Um, jump around is electric. Now their campus, though, I did think something was weird about their campus is like they, like none of their buildings match. I like when the buildings match a little bit. There's no like theme going on. There's no theme. Like at least from what I could pick up, there's no theme. There is kind of just buildings, um, which was disturbing in my in my eyes. I this is my biggest. This is the biggest one for me. East Lansing. I'm throwing it up there. I'm sorry. My parents <laughs> both went to Michigan State. My dad was saying after a home win, they were burning furniture in the streets. The bars are fun. It's cold as hell. Don't get me wrong. That's all a Big Ten though. But I'm throwing Michigan State up there. I'm doing it. Family bias, and I'm doing it. I also have Columbus, Ohio. It's just, I mean, you got to have a good time being an Ohio State football fan. I'm sorry you do. And then I have Michigan, Ann Arbor. Campus is absolutely beautiful. Um, Northwestern, obviously, for obvious reasons. Chicago is the best city in America. Um, it's in Evanston, but I'm saying Chicago. We all three went there. It wasn't that bad of a drive. And then I put Lincoln, Nebraska. I forgot about them being in, in the Big Ten. Lincoln, Nebraska yeah. is a great college football city. Um, it's it's in a little bit of a hibernation right now. But, hey, she's waking up. Fourth week of the season. She's waking up. She's waking up. Now, are they going to beat OU? Probably not. State up there. Probably not going to beat OU, but the, the scene will be electric. Electric. 
Um, I also put, uh, I went ugly. I put Rutgers. I, it was one of the only ones I thought that was just ugly. I've never, I've never experienced Rutgers. Um, I'm not sure Rutgers has a redeeming quality. I do like the one thing I do like about Rutgers is the color of their helmets is like a softer red. It's a good color. That's really all I've got. That's positive for Rutgers. Are they good at any sports? I don't, I don't think so. I, <laughs> I really don't think so. Now we could be missing something here. They could be an elite, elite, you know, equestrian or meat judging team. Their basketball team. Kansas State, elite meat judging team. Kansas State is great. They are very good at meat judging. Their actual only national championship is in meat judging. <laughs> no clue on the Rutgers uh, athletic department. Doesn't seem like it's very successful right now. But I mean, shit, they're making eighty million dollars up in the Big Ten, so it doesn't matter. All right, so he, so from from there on, we're gonna go to the most annoying college football figure. This could be any anybody, anytime. Coach, player, doesn't matter. Uh, honestly, I was really close to putting a couple announcers on here. That was real close to me. All right. Mine is a little unorthodox one. I will say Carl Williams, the father of Caleb Williams. I hate this guy. Absolutely hate him. I don't know if you guys saw recently the article that came out that saying Caleb Williams almost came back to OU, but did it because of the fan base. And that was reported from Carl Williams, Caleb's dad. I have no ill will to Caleb Williams. I hope he has a great career. I understand why he left. I understand it. It, I have made peace with it, but his dad can go suck on my balls. He sucks. If your son has to go to the freaking media and say, oh no, that was the reason I almost came back. Like, come on, dude, let your son do his thing. Quit trying to helicopter him and try to act like you're the one in the spotlight. You're not. You're the father. Be the father. Stop trying to be the star of the show because you're not. No one gives two craps about you. Leave the kid alone. Let him do his thing. Fair point. Fair point. Um, hate him. I hate him. That's, that's a good. Hey, and, and it is, is he annoying? Yeah, certainly. Certainly annoying. Um, I'll give you that one. That's a, that's a good one. I was dangerously close to picking quite a few announcers. Um, but the, the one that I, I just, it, it would not leave my mind. I, I, you know, I was thinking most annoying person. A lot of the times it's the most annoying is the one you have to hear a lot. Dan Orlovsky. Here's my deal, man. That guy sucks. He is not good at his job in my opinion. Uh, and he was never really good at his job in the NFL. So here's the thing. It was great. You know, he played for the Yukon Huskies football team, football team. First of all, why was he an NFL quarterback? Why? Like what, what qualified him for that? He was a Yukon Husky. You know, if the Yukon Huskies quarterback right now was the, the of a team was like, yeah, Hey, he's going to be our starter in the NFL. That, that GM would get fired. Like from, from a team, like if the Eagles tomorrow were like, Hey, yeah, the Yukon Huskies quarterback is going to be our starter. He would get fired. Um, Dan Orlovsky is annoying he's not he's not he doesn't have great insight to me and i just i just fail to see like why i have to listen to him on my television you know last year oshu played notre dame and you know if i wasn't at the game i would have just muted it because dan orlovsky is on the call like it's just terrible i hate him um i can't stand him i'm ready for him to just do nfl or something because i mean gosh man hey who knows with the conference realignment and the tv network deals hopefully he just walks himself on out of there that's praying for 
I would be perfectly happy with that. Jimbo Fisher. I mean, if he would just come out and say, hey, we're, uh, we're paying these people. We have, no, we have the money to do it. Suck it up. If he would just go with that, I'd respect it more. But he's trying to hide the fact that he's paying all these players. I mean, come on. That's cool. Jimbo Fisher. His assistant didn't hide it very well by telling all the recruits that, it, that they're going to get the money from the people that sit in the suites. You know, you're not just mediocre your entire life, and then all of a sudden you get the greatest recruiting class to ever walk the face of the earth in one off season. I don't think I'd have a problem with him if he would just come out and be like, yeah, we're paying and you can't afford them. That's it. Like that would be so funny money. if he just came out and said that. But yeah. no. And and he's like super mad about Nick Saban calling him out. He's calling him out, calling you out because you're lying to everyone. Like just be a man and wear it on your chest. You're paying the players and you're probably going to be good. Just who cares? I think people are most mad at him for lying about it and just beating around or skipping around the bush, whatever. And skipping not around just telling the truth. Like, come on. I'm just now envisioning Jimbo Fisher, just like skipping around a bush. Just doing a little jolly. Just skipping. And Nick yeah. Saban's over there in the corner, just pissed, just looking at him. Here's my deal. I kind of actually respect Jimbo for saying, Hey, you know, what he, he said something about like, he thinks he's God or something like that, or he wants to play God. I kind of respect that, dude, because, like, Nick Saban is the best coach of all time. Like, he's willing to, like, throw some throw some shade at him. I kind of respect that. And I think he's one of the only guys that can say that, too, because he did beat him. He did. He beat Alabama. Yeah. Good point. But another one that I find incredibly annoying is Kirby Smart. I just – I don't even really hate him. I just hate the way he wears his visor. He has way <laughs> too long of hair to be, like, a college football coach with wearing, like, a visor at that age. Like, either just a different haircut. Honestly, I'd be like, all right, he's fine. Like his haircut, the way it like flaps, I'm like this fucking asshole. Like, like I just don't like him, and uh, I don't know. But it, 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 I don't even have a reason to hate him, honestly. I know. I, here's the other thing: is I know that there's no way that he's been recruiting like that and not paying players. Um, now it's fair. It's fine to do it now. It's like it's not illegal now, but like five years ago it was. So like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a Kirby Smart guy. Um, his body shape of his body confuses. It, yeah, it's he, I just, just there's something off. When I look at his face, I'm like, God, screw that guy, you know. And uh, it's not even that, like, it's not even that he's a bad. Like, I have any like normal reason to hate him. I just don't like his how face. How about uh, how about Dan Mullen? Just a terrible <laughs> coach. Just a terrible coach. He, I mean, I got to go into a bowl game and say we got our we got our second team out there, so we're not well, obviously we're not really trying. Oh, oh we're, pulling, we're pulling this one back from from the from the Sugar Bowl or the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, Cotton Bowl two years ago, where they got the rails beat off of them. Yeah, oh, I mean, we're walking out our second strings. Yeah, throw back to James. He's saying that they're not. Yeah, that sounds. No wonder your team doesn't believe it. No wonder. Well, there's reasons not there anymore. He's yeah. just not a very good coach. He did he did some things at Mississippi State, but then he got to Florida and just shipped the bed. You know what I thought? I mean, he wasn't too bad at Florida, but yeah. He, I don't know. He was a he's, a, he's a bad leader. He had players throwing shoes, Jake. <laughs> yeah, but that was Marching electric, them. dude. Oh my god, that, that was, was watching them. Yeah, I mean, hey, whereas teach, whereas uh, players, you know, well coached all the time, maybe not, but they were entertaining. They were. <laughs> they, they were very entertaining. Uh, I th see. I this is just a, a. I'm just throwing this out there. When TCU had an opening, I thought they should hire Dan Mullen this year. Um, and it's not that like, I, I don't even think that he, 
he's a, that good of a coach. I think he just would have fit, fit pretty well at TCU. Um, you know, they've had Gary Patterson for so long, and then they just needed to get – they wanted to get an uh, offensive guy, and they went and got Sonny Dykes, which is fine. But I just feel like Dan Mullen had more of a, like, higher higher ceiling. He was uh, the head coach at SMU, right? Yeah, Sonny Dykes was, yeah. Which they play this year. SMU and TCU play every year, so it'll be an interesting game. My other one I have on here is Paul Christ from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, he's the head coach. He's a very unassuming guy. Um, I just think he's annoying because he looks like Peter Griffin. And I just – I love Peter Griffin, but it's just like, how did the hell did this guy get this good job? That's what I'm thinking when I would look at Paul Christ. I'm like, what? what is – what did he do to become the head coach well, of a baseball program? That is Peter Griffin. Yeah, he looks just like Peter Griffin. And – I don't like his glasses. Honestly, dude, I'm I made my decision just based on how people look, which is kind of funny. But like I just don't like I don't like the way he looks. Like whenever I look at they like do sideline interviews with Paul Chris, I'm like, let's shut the fuck up, man. Let's get let's kick Paul, the Paul off. Chris has no, well from what I'm seeing on these pictures, Paul Chris has no thoughts going on at any time in his head. He just seems like he's just a dull, like a very dull character. I, I and then and to me, as a as a, a fan of my favorite team having a mullet and, you know, just, you know, all the personality in the world up there, Paul, Chris, Paul, Chris got, he's got nothing going on for him. No personality. Hey, Mike Gundy's 40 and he's a man. Well, he's like 50 now. And he's like, yeah, it was a while ago, but I think he's 53 now, 54, 54. Wow. Well, he's 54 and a man. Don't forget that. He, he has been a man. Never forget Tom Herbin trying to fight Mike Gundy. After Bedlam, oh, not Bedlam, uh, was the it Orange River? The Orange the River? Orange River. <laughs> the Orange River. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was yeah, that was awesome. That was an electric game to be at. Uh, well, I was there. Yeah, me too. Me too. Did you uh, rush the field? Well, I did. I don't remember. Uh, well, I rushed the field. I don't know if that says more about how my night went. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I genuinely do not remember it. What's the best game we've all ever been to since our first first podcast? What's your what's your best college football game that you've been in person for and gotten to witness? Uh, we'll just kind of get some backstory on each of us. It's got to be last year's Red River. This has got to be. We uh, Caleb Williams came in down 30, 31 to 10 or something like that. Came back, won the game. It was electric. Seen all the Texas fans cry, made my day. It's, it's, there, there is nothing better than this than seeing an upset Texas fan. Getting a foot-long corn dog after watching Texas fans cry. I mean, it's tough to your day. Foot-long foot corn dog? You got a, a foot-long one? Oh, of course. Maybe two. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe two. I'm going to go – My, uh, I had some good ones. This year was awesome. I went to Michigan, uh, Nebraska, which was a really good game. Um, Bedlam was obviously good. Um, Big 12 championship game was a good game, but it sucked. And then the Notre Dame OSU game was electric this year too. But I'll probably go with Bedlam this year. It was it was the most electric atmosphere I have been at for a football game, at least where I was sitting. Um, it was really fun, uh, good game. Just uh, I mean that game was just so back and forth that there's there's no way to uh, there's no way to even you know you could write a thousand words about it and it, it wouldn't have uh, you know made up for just being there and having the uh, the emotions of that game. It was an electric electric game. Well, I got I got another one also. So in 2017, OU played TCU, and TCU oh, had the Rodney Anderson play. game. Yeah, TCU had the number six defense in the country coming in, and the score at halftime was 35 to seven. Is that Rodney Anderson had 
Ronnie Hanson had four or five touchdowns before the half. And it was crazy. Yeah, he is that the game that Baker threw the ball and for four warmups TCU they were walking through these warmups. Baker Mayfield didn't particularly like that, so he pointed at a guy, pointed right at him, with the guy without a helmet, and just drilled him in the head with the football. <laughs> hey, I don't I don't care who you are. You gotta you gotta love Baker just a little bit. Oh yeah, just a little bit. I agree. I agree. Again, Can we also do our worst, our our the worst games we've ever been to. Oh yeah, worst game you've ever been to. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I got a great one. Um, I think was it 2019? OU played LSU in the Peach Bowl. Oof. Uh, I mean, I I went to that game. Went to Atlanta. Um, real excited. Didn't understand that Joe Burrow was the second coming of Jesus Christ in that game. I didn't know it yet. I figured out quickly. Wasn't that um, the Justin Jefferson game? Oh, yeah. It was. it was. He was counting on his finger every time he scored, and it went up. It just kept going up. And there were just Ramondre Stevenson, like three other guys got caught for weed the night before. Like, it was just – I called an LSU fan's woman's boobs fake to her face. I was so angry. No, there's no – <laughs> Well, there's no way that before that big of a game, if my players are smoking outside, I, I'm not suspending them. Like I'm just <laughs> like that big of a game, no chance. Especially players I like know, I don't get Ronnie it. Perkins and Andre Stevenson, Can't like important players, uh, very important players. Yeah, my game, my game. Were boobs fake though, Tom? Were they like actually fake? Oh, they were the fakest thing. They were two rocks sitting in her, sitting in that bra. Tell you yeah. what. Okay. The the husband though was not pleased with what I said, and I started beelining the other way because he oh, was a an angry an angry LSU fan, like <laughs> fifty year old, like a dad. Oh, that's not no right. neck. His neck yeah. was right. like this, all trapped. No neck. Yeah. Um, six a, four, big guy. Right. Probably had a pound of gumbo before the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was nervous to say the least. I'll lay it out. I was. It was probably around the third quarter. It, the damage had already been done. I am waiting in the line for the men's bathroom. That never happens, but it was happening. And this drunk LSU fan comes up to me, go Tigers, right in my face. I am the only OU fan around. And I was like, you know what? I'm not having it. I was like, please get your fake ass boobs out of my face and go away. And her husband heard it. And I saw that because his head like wasn't paying attention and then like snapped to me. Just like immediately right to me, and I was like, "Oh God, this is bad." And I I left and went to a different bat. Was that the Peach Bowl? Yeah, it was, dude. There was and a it, hell of a fight at the Peach Bowl this year. The Pitt Michigan State fight. I don't know if you guys remember seeing that, like the in the in the stands or like in the concession stand area. Oh, there was there was a huge awesome. shoot. That could have been me. That's what I'm saying, dude. You could have been the first Peach Bowl fight. First Peach Bowl fight. Peach Bowl, okay, here. Bowl seems to I get have fun. I. Favorite college football fights like that had happened during a game. I could name one right off the top of my head because I watched with my mom. It was the uh, Mississippi State Tulsa game. You were at that when, game? I wasn't at it, but my mom and I were watching it. Oh, and yeah. there was one Tulsa guy fighting 50 Mississippi State guys. It was hilarious. It was so funny. He, he just literally got tackled. Everyone started just hitting them on the ground. It's crazy. Her helmets being hit like perfect classic college football fight it was awesome yeah that was that was that's pretty good and that was that was during the the covid bowl games where like a lot of them were getting canceled and that game wasn't like particularly great entertaining game 
And then we uh-huh. just got to see the most like ridiculous, just brawl. Like, just give me all the brawls, honestly. I think I my favorite part of that play. fight. I think my favorite part of that fight was Mike Leach just in the stands, oh, just yeah. hugging people. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's over there singing the fight song in his team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there it was a good fight, honestly. Like, I didn't see many, I didn't see like a, win, a clear winner. That was what made oh, it. Because I'll tell you, number seven on Tulsa, he was holding his own for a while. Actually, he was. He, you know, like, I, I can't remember what happened, but I think he came in and just swung his helmet and hit someone Oh, in the head yeah, that's right, that's right. And then started running, and, like, the entire Mississippi State team followed him and was just trying to kill him. It was awesome. The I mean, winner of that fight, though, was uh, UC Davis, the home opener for Tulsa next year, because the, oh. UC Davis beat Tulsa because they had, like, a fourth of their team. <laughs> they were all suspended. Just gone and suspended. Well, it's got to be my first college football game I've ever been to. 2012 OUK State lost the game 24 to 19. Colin Klein ran all over us. What did they call Colin Klein? What was his oh. name? Like, what was his nickname? What was Colin Klein's name? Optimus yeah. Klein. That was what it was. Optimus Klein. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, my, worst about is, that. my worst game is fairly easy to choose, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, the, the Big 12 championship game this year about made me just, but there was a time walking out of that stadium where I thought, is it ever going to get better? It's like, <laughs> hey, I I understand it. I mean, hey, they say football is a game of inches, and that was it oh came down to a few inches. Which yeah, Jake, I won't lie. That made that might be one of my happiest days as an OU fan in my entire life. I won't I won't even lie to you. But yeah, the uh, the the thing is, I don't know if you guys have ever watched Friday Night Lights, the movie before. Whenever they lose, they lose on the one like inch line, basically um it was literally like that it was like a movie like that because all of us the crowd when he broke it outside all of us were like oh he's gonna score like he's scoring like we yeah all, like, it, it right, looks like he's gonna score but like the energy of the crowd everybody started roaring we we're like all right he's scoring because like my view wasn't great and then like my friend my friend Devin walked up to the top of the concourse and was just watching it by himself because he was so stressed out but we couldn't find him because <laughs> he walked out with all the you know the fans that yeah. uh, already left and stuff and uh dude yeah, it, it was shocking to find out that he had not gotten to the end zone. And, and the other thing that just hurts even more is that our center and our starting running back were injured for that game. And, like, we had seven tries to get it in from the one. If we have our starting center. Jalen Warren was getting it. That's what I'm saying. Jalen Warren could have had three limbs, and he was getting in there. He had so much heart. So much heart. And we what limb got- would he be missing, though? The real question. Okay, say he has one, one – his right arm is gone. I think he scores. <laughs> okay. Hey. Reaches out with the left, touchdown. Anyways, uh, yeah, that 2012 Kansas State game, I, I kind of remember that being like the beginning of, of Colin Klein being a big deal. He, he finished he – he was in New York that year. He went to the Heisman ceremony. Yeah, he's now the offense coordinator there. But uh, basically what happened is we lost that game by five and Landry Jones fumbled the ball on our own one-yard line and they scored in the end zone. And that was basically the turning point. So Wait, he fumbled the ball on the one-yard line. He wasn't great at the fumbling part. That was he was a great passer, but he, he did fumble. He's literally the best passer in, in OU history. In Bedlam, he threw the ball backwards. Oh, I remember <laughs> it fondly. Um, all right, uh, you guys got anything else? I think our next episode we're gonna hit we're gonna hit on some more college football. We're gonna get some more uh, active on kind of what the news is right now. Uh, more on the 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 media days here. We've had ACC, SEC recently, and then now Big Ten. Um, you know, it's media days. It is what it is. It's not super exciting, um, but 
it is good to hear some of these coaches speak, especially the first year guys. Um, <laughs> they're blowing and going. Like the they're, they're blowing and going. So, they're blowing uh, and going. Amen. 